All right, guys, I'm in Luke chapter 12, um, starting in verse 22. I'm going to read all the way through 34. Jesus speaking here says, uh, Then Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, about your body and what you'll wear. Life is more than food, and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens. They don't sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable you are than birds. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Consider how the lilies grow. They don't labor or spend. And yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? And don't set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it. For the pagan world runs after all such things, and your father knows that you need them. But seek his kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. Do not be afraid, little flock. For your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out. A treasure in heaven that will not be exhausted. Where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I'm going to share uh, three things with you this morning. Try to do that quickly. First thing I want you to see this morning, uh, family, according to our text, is that worry is really a complete waste of time. And, and, and worry is a waste of time because, according to our text, God is provider and we are not. Okay? Worry is a waste of time because God is provider and we're not. Interesting uh, transition, right? We remember at the beginning of Luke 12, Jesus is uh, surrounded by a huge crowd, thousands upon thousands, so many so they're trampling one another, but he's only speaking to his disciples. Then last week in our text, uh, somebody interrupts, they, they disrupt his discourse with his disciples, and he's like, hey, hey, I want you to split, uh, tell my brother to split the inheritance with me. And of course, we talked about uh, that, 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 that Jesus is saying, listen, the only inheritance that, that is really important, the only one that lasts is, is your faithful service in the kingdom of God, the reward um, from that. And he's saying you, you, there are things more important than stuff. And, and now Jesus is back because uh, he was talking to that man and to the crowds. Now he's back just focused on his disciples again. And so he's, he's going to tell these things to these 12 men that he has called to follow him. And he, he basically tells them, listen, don't be like that. Just, just don't, don't have that mindset. Don't, don't let that work its way into your life. Don't, don't, don't be worried about stuff. Don't be worried about what you're going to eat. Don't be worried about what you're going to drink. Don't be worried about what, don't worry about, about the worldly um, stuff. And, and, and here's why. Because worrying can't change anything. In fact, he says, you know what? Worrying can't add a single hour uh, to your life. That's what our text says. Interesting in Greek, it, he says worrying couldn't add a, 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 a cubit to your life. It's a standard unit of measurement about from your elbow to the tip of your finger. He's not talking about height because that'd be significant, but he's talking about in the span of your life, if your life were a timeline, they, they, at the end of your, you couldn't even add that much more to, to the length of your life. There's nothing that you could do. We break that down into hours, if, that, if that's how we want to translate it. It can be applied to time. The average American right now lives about 80 years, okay? 
about 80 years, uh, 365 days a year, uh, 24 hours a day, that's 700,800 hours. And Jesus says, you could spend your whole life worrying and you couldn't make it to 700,801. Worrying can't add anything to your life. In fact, scientists would tell us today that worrying actually does the opposite. Does the opposite. Worrying can, can do uh, great destruction to your lifespan. Uh, when we worry, uh, our adrenal glands uh, release a hormone called cortisol. Now, cortisol is usually good. In fact, cortisol is that thing that, that helps us in that fight-or-flight moment. If you've ever had a moment that you felt like you had strength that you didn't normally possess, that was cortisol. Cortisol pumping through your veins, that, that, that ability, that cortisol, that, that, that adrenaline, all that stuff. And, 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 and so in those moments, every once in a while, cortisol is a good thing. The problem is uh, extended periods of high levels of cortisol are very damaging to your body. And that's what worry does. When we're in a state of worry, our body, our adrenal glands continually release this drug called cortisol. And it's been proven that cortisol in your body over long periods of time, high amounts, can do terrible things. Sustained high levels of cortisol can lead to deterioration of muscles and even bone. Uh, it, it can slow down your body's ability to regenerate cells uh, and, and heal. It, it, it can affect your digestion, your metabolism, your, your entire endocrine system, and, and it can wreak havoc on your immune system. So what I'm saying is that according to Jesus, worry can't help you, and according to science, it surely can hurt you. Now, if that's the case, if it's that destructive, if worry's that, that, that bad, somebody, somebody asked me once, is worry a sin? Yeah, it is, because Jesus says over and over, don't worry. Don't worry. So, so when we do, so it, but if it's that big of a deal, if it's, if it's a sin, if it's that destructive in our lives, don't you think we should understand what it really is? You ever ask yourself that? What is worry? Is worry just thinking about things? Now you're worried about whether or not you're worrying, aren't you, right? I don't even know. So I, I thought it'd be helpful this morning to really talk about what worry really is and what it's not. And so, so it's very interesting. The word worry that Jesus uses when he has these, these, these talks about not worrying, um, it, it's a very specific word. So let me tell you first what it's not, okay? First of all, I want you to know that worry is not thinking about something or forming an opinion, right? That's not worry. That's problem solving, right? And we're made in the image of God. We're given uh, the ability to think and to reason and to reckon. And, 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 and so, so part of that is problem solving. We, our, our deacons just stood up and they served you. Do you know why the office of deacon was created by God? So the deacons could solve a problem. The pastors and the teachers needed to teach and focus on prayer. And, and, and there was a ministry that was being neglected, widows who were being neglected. And, and, and so the Lord put it on their heart, we need seven men full of the Spirit to take care of this problem. That's what they are. They're problem solvers. And that's a gift from God, right? So, so it can't be that. It can't be thinking about something, forming an opinion. Second, um, worry uh, is not just remembering or recalling something. So, sometimes we replay things in our mind. We go back, well, I wonder if I could have done anything different, you know, and we're, we're just thinking through how things broke down. And, and, and that's just you analyzing things, right? And, and that's okay. It, it's not a bad thing to remember. In fact, throughout the Bible, there are many times that God had his people look back and remember a, a certain time. And he never wants us to forget that he's here with us now, but, but, but it, it can't be remembering. Second, or third, uh, it, it, it can't be considering, counting, or calculating. All three of these are completely different words uh, for, 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 for thought um, than Jesus uses here in our text. And so, so it can't be considering, counting, or calculating. Again, uh, the Bible instructs us. It says, listen, right? Uh, nobody builds a tower without first. Yeah, we've got to turn that back down. Nobody builds a tower without first counting the cost. So, so we're, we're not going to do that. So it, it, it can't be that either. So, so then that raises the question, then what is it? 
What is worry? Okay, ready? Here it is. And it's not on the screen. I just want you to listen. You can, you can fill it in on your notes. Okay? Worry, in the Greek specifically, is a word that means to be anxious or troubled about providing. Worry is always associated with provision in God's world. In God's kingdom. When we worry, we're anxious about providing for ourselves. That is the definition. That is the biblical picture of, of worry. Okay? We, we, we talked about this point last week a little bit. We said, listen, we don't own anything. It's the truth. We don't own anything. Everything we possess is, is loaned to us from God. Right? Psalm 24 says, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Right? Right? Uh, and along those lines, it's important that we understand the implication of that truth. Because if we don't own anything, and if it all belongs to God, and if everything we have is a gift from the hand of God, then that means something. That means that we, inherently, are not providers. Even though we've labeled ourselves so. So we shouldn't worry because we're actually not the providers of anything. Everything we have is a gift from God. So it's not that we can't think about things. It's not that we can't analyze situations. It's not that we can't calculate costs. It's that we cannot try and, and, and be anxious and worry about how to provide because that is not our office or our position. That is God's position. That is his title. Jehovah Jireh. The God who sees. The God who provides. Okay? So worry is a complete waste of time because God is provider and we're not. Number two. I want you to see that when we prioritize the kingdom of God, God provides for all of our needs. It's one of my favorite promises in all of Scripture. When we prioritize the kingdom of God, God provides for all of our needs. Verse 29 says, do, do not set your hearts on what you'll eat or what, 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 don't worry about it. For the pagan world runs after all such things, and your Father knows that you need them. But seek his kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. I want to do an exercise with you this morning, and we are going to say a verse together. It's not, it's not a whole psalm. It's just one verse. Ready? So let's say this verse together. Uh, it is uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 7. Okay? So we're going to say it together. Ready? For we live by faith and not by sight. Say it one more time with me. For we live by faith and not by sight. I mean, don't you wish that were true of us? <laughs> don't you wish that were true? I wish that that were true. Like, like I, I know that, that, that that's the way it's supposed to be. I know that that is the ideal, that we are supposed to live by faith and not by sight. But all too often, we, we, simply, we, we simply don't. We, we, the truth is we spend most of our lives in pursuit of the scene. We spend most of our lives in pursuit of, of, of what's tangible. And, and it seems like it is always just a little bit out of our reach, right? It's just out of our reach. It's just around the corner. It's, it, it's just around the bend. It's next week. It's the next interview. It, it, it's the next car. It's the next house. It's the next spouse for some people. The next thing is going to do it. And it's always right there. It's just right out of our grasp. We're so close and then we die. That's it. We're so close, and then we die. We breathe our last breath in what can only be described as a hectic pursuit of more, of bigger, of, of better. And we miss countless moments, countless opportunities to see and to participate in the kingdom of God. And worse, we miss God. We settle for distant memories, distant feelings, all the while knowing in the depth of our being that our fellowship with God is not where it should be. And we die. Having wasted the most precious resource, the greatest gift of God next to Jesus himself, time. 
We make our lives all about the unimportant. We chase after the next thing, believing that it will bring us contentment, that it will fill this void in our chest. All the while, the answer to that void stands waiting with arms wide open for us to turn and just to trust in him, to live lives of faith, to trust in he who is unseen. Yet we continue to pursue what we can see. And this beautifully patient God... This, this wonderful, loving Father makes this amazing promise to people like us. <laughs> if you, if you will, if you do, if, if you can, if you can just focus on him first, he will provide you with all the other stuff that you were chasing after too. You get him and you get all the stuff, but he's got to be first. So this morning I have a question for you. Um, I wanted to delete it because it's not nice, but it is, it's important. Here it is anyway. It's a tough question. Of, of the two pursuits, of the two possibilities in your life, either pursuing the tangible that you can see or the unseen God that rules over it all, which of the two are you currently chasing after? See, I've been um, thinking a lot about our church. I've been praying a lot for our church because I, I don't want this to come off as like cold or mean or I, I, because I was like, Lord, that's a hard word for us where we are right now. I, I, I spent a huge chunk of time this week just praying about all the battles that people in our church are facing, about all the difficulties, about all the hardships. And I, I just felt like I was crying out to the Lord, like, Lord, what do we do? And what are we, are we just supposed to stop? Are we supposed to pause? Do we need to take a breath? Do we need to cut back on, on what we're trying to offer? Like, what do we do, God? And I just feel like the Lord, um, um, my, for myself included, gave me a verse uh, to share with you. And, 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 and so I, I want to read this. It's Galatians 6, 9. I just think it's important important. God's word says, let us not become weary in doing good. (laughs) For at the proper time, we're going to reap a harvest if we don't give up. See, I know that um, many of us are tired, many of us are weary, and many of us feel like we don't have much left to offer. Some of us have stepped back maybe feeling unqualified for service, maybe feeling like we just can't do it. And I just want to say uh, to you, just just this beautiful reminder that God um, consistently in Scripture takes the marginal. He he takes the person with the most empty cupboard, (laughs) and he does something miraculous through their willingness to serve. So if there was a gentle reminder I could give you in the midst of what feels like a storm, it wouldn't just be hang on. I definitely want you to do that. But in the midst of hanging on, I would implore you to pour yourself out. Not to stop. And and, and, because here's the deal. The most miraculous things that I find in the Bible are when people feel like they don't have enough for Jesus. They don't have enough for God. Sometimes we feel like in life, and maybe you're here right now, you just feel like my cupboard is so bare. 
my cupboard is so bare. And I just want to say to you, it's not as bare as you think because you serve a God that can make something out of nothing. Right? Do you remember what Elisha says to the widow? Go get that little bit of oil you have. I don't even have enough to cook. Just go get it. And I want you to go do something crazy. I want you to go around this town. I want you to find every empty vessel you can find. How foolish do you think she felt? Some of you, you feel foolish hearing me say these words. I, I can't serve right now. There's no way. I'm saying, I'm saying go, go get the vessels. Go get the vessels. God's about to do a work. You say, but I, 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 God, God can't do anything through me. I'm, I don't even have any time. I'm stressed out. I'm tired. I, I, I'm, I'm burned out. I, I've, I've done women's ministry for too long. I've, I've done men's ministry for too long. I've done this for too long. I, I, I just can't do it. I don't have the time. I'm just going to say to you, just go get, the, go get the vessels for crying out loud and see what God can do with just a little bit. It was somebody that surrendered to him because he'll fill up every single one in town. When we prioritize the kingdom of God, God provides for all our needs. What I'm saying to you is not only will he fill up every vessel in town, not only will he minister, do great work, but he's going to provide for your every need too. That's the beautiful story of that widow in my mind. She poured herself out over and over and over and over again, and every need she had was met. It's a big deal. Three I want you to see that when we love what God loves, we're willing to let go of earthly possessions for the sake of timeless treasure. Verse 32 and 34 says, Do not be afraid, little flock, for your Father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out a treasure in heaven that won't be exhausted, where no thief comes uh, near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Uh-huh. We said last week that Jesus continually calls us to focus on what's really important, right? To give you a couple of, of, of things to write down in your notes that look like this. People uh, over stuff, right? It's a big one. And then service over self. If you missed last week, I encourage you. It's always online. You can go online, listen to it. You can go to iTunes uh, and, and, and do it there as well. Uh, but Jesus taught us people are more important than stuff. Service is more important than self. Uh, and, and I think it's important when we hear something like this, when Jesus said, well, go and sell all your possessions. I want, I want to tell you, remind you, he's talking to his disciples, okay? Jesus did not tell every person on the face of the planet to sell their house. Didn't. Uh, remember, Jesus went over to Mary and Martha's, Lazarus' house, and, and he enjoyed their company. He enjoyed He didn't. That wasn't part of the discourse. Oh, Martha, Martha, you're worrying about what to eat. You need to put your house on the market. Like, that wasn't how the conversation went. He's like, Martha, you just need to sit down and spend time with me. Enjoy the blessings that's right here before you. And so, um, specifically, Jesus is speaking to 12 men with very distinct callings on their life. Um, they're going to travel. They're going to teach. They're going to train. Most of them are tragically um, going to perish because of it. Uh, but the principle here in its context still rings true. For us, ready? This is the principle. The kingdom is what really counts. The kingdom, when it's all said and done, the kingdom of God is the only thing that lasts, my friends. That's that's the point, right? The kingdom is the thing that really counts. And if we love God, we're going to be willing to invest in his kingdom. And, And we invest in God's kingdom in several ways. Do not think this is just about money, because that's not the case. We invest in in God's kingdom with our time. You know, the, the, the number one thing, it's not like we, we have to make budget. We can use uh, the treasure part, right? The number one thing that, that the church needs is people's time. Not, not just their time to show up, but their time to minister, right? Because believe it or not, the job of the church is not to do all the ministry. 
That's the job of the people. The job of the church is to equip the people to do the ministry. We do that by teaching and, and by training, right? And then, and, then, and then the people are the ones supposed to do the ministry. But in our churches today, our, 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 our ministers are, are worn out. The, pa- the paid staff are worn out because they're doing all the people's work. It's not supposed to be that way. And, and it's a sin on our part because we've done it. For so long, we just say, well, it's, it's easier. I'm paid to do this. I'm paid. And we step in people's roles and we do their job for them. I'm so guilty of it. Instead of picking up the phone and saying, hey, I need some help. I want to provide you with an opportunity, okay? And, and, and so we invest in the kingdom of God. We love what he loves. We invest in this kingdom with our time, ready, with our talent. And some of you guys are talented. God, God has blessed you with, with abilities that are far above and beyond mine, Right? With our talents, and, and, then, and, then, and then finally, we, we uh, invest in the kingdom of God with our treasure. That's what we talk about with our, with our finances, right? So I ask you a question. You don't have to raise your hands for this one. Um, I mean, you can. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm taking notes, right? Um, so how many of you have some kind of retirement plan? Social Security, 401K, uh, investments? Any, anybody? You know, raise your hand. Okay. okay. Who's got some gold somewhere? No, I'm joking. Don't, don't really raise your hand. I'm joking. Okay. We've got a, oh, what's, your, what's your address again? No. Um, Right, so you guys, and here's the deal. I just say this to you: that's a good thing, right? So you're you're storing up um, for your retirement, uh, your time here on earth, and that that is awesome. That's awesome. Um, I I just want to tell you that Jesus also spoke uh, about uh, about an investment plan, and and the only deal is his return is a lot better than what you're getting. I promise. Okay, right? And so so in in Mark ten twenty nine uh, through thirty, I won't put it up on the screen, but he just says this. He says, "No one who's left his home, his brothers, his sisters, his mother, his father, his friends, for me." and for the gospel uh, is going to fail to receive 100-fold in the present and in the age to come. 100-fold. Now, we like to think that's 100 times, like I'm going to invest 100 bucks, I'm going to end up with 200. That's not the case. 100-fold is actually a 10,000% return. You can go look it up. That's huge. It's huge. It led Ken Hempel uh, to say this, and I agree with him. He says that the kingdom of God is the best investment we could ever make. The kingdom of God. Where else are you going to get a 10,000% return on everything you put in? Hemphill's right. Listen, I'm glad that you're thinking about your retirement here on earth, but I want to ask you a question. What about when you retire from that? Because you will. Are you ready for that retirement? Have you put enough away for that one? Because that one lasts a lot longer. <laughs> Think about it. I said the average age in America is 80. Right? Americans are working longer today than they ever have before. Many are not retiring uh, well past 65, say 69. You you retire at 69, that's 11 years to live off everything on earth you put away. What about when that retirement's done? Are you storing up? Are you saving up? Are you investing? Because every little bit, every little bit you put in, has huge ramifications, huge ramifications. If we love Jesus, we're going to love what he loves. We're going to be willing to go uh, maybe even get rid of some of our earthly stuff uh, so that we can invest our time, our talents, our treasure in uh, that which is timeless, okay? Let me give you some application, and we'll tie things up, okay? Number one, I want to challenge you here to to pray to um, the provider, the provider. There's only one. It's not you, okay? 
Sorry, don't want to burst your bubble this morning, but you're not the provider. Uh, God is. That's his title. That is actually one of his names. So stop stealing his name. All right. Uh, so, uh, so he is the provider. That is who he is. So we need to stop acting like it. So what we do when, when the true thing of worry comes in, which is, remember, stressing out about providing for. When we find ourselves there, instead, we need to, we need to pray, okay? We need to pray. So I want to chant, go to the provider about the things, and then trust. When you're done praying, you've got to trust, right? You've got you to lay... I, I love the, the Old Testament is awesome because there's so many burnt offerings, right? It's really hard to pick up a burnt offering. Really is. It's hard. It's just a bunch of ashes. You can't carry it back with you. We have a tendency to lay down our problems, and then we say amen, and we pick them right back up, and we go off and continue to worry about them. Make it a burnt offering, okay? Pray to the provider. Two, uh, I want to challenge you to prioritize seeking God. Prioritize seeking God. Our priorities are extremely important. Um, and this is, this is really just a call to stop chasing after stuff uh, and to start spending time with God. Number one problem in the church today isn't that we ha- don't have all the right programs, that we don't have all the right people. That's, that's not, our, our problem is that we don't spend time with God. That's our problem. In, individually. Individually, right? The, the church is a body of people. And, and so we look at our lives, we go, oh my gosh, I, I, I got to do this, I got to reprioritize. There's only one thing you have to prioritize, just one. Time with God. Just put that at the top of the list. Make sure that's happening every day. Make sure it's happening multiple times a day. Figure out ways in your schedule to stop and think and pray, right? That this, this, is, this is what we need. We don't need new conferences. We, we, don't, we, don't, we don't need you know, 50 million new songs. I mean, I like new songs. That's great. We don't, we don't, we don't need, you know, fancy, uh, more comfortable pews. Although, oh, gosh, you poor guys. I talk too long, right? I mean, but here, here's what we need is we need Jesus, we just need to spend time with Jesus. That's got to be our priority. And I would just say to you, I think many of us are too busy to spend time with Jesus. And we've said it before, but if you're too busy for Jesus, you're just too busy. We've got to stop chasing after. At some point, anybody else uh, feel like every closet in your house is full of junk? Do you know what I'm saying? Like anybody else tired of cleaning the garage? Amen. Like, any, like any, golly, for crying out loud, we have enough stuff. We've got enough stuff. We need Jesus. We need Jesus. That's got to be our priority. Lastly, I would say to you, uh, in love, I want to challenge you to keep serving. Keep serving and keep storing up. Um, many of us uh, have been going through a lot. And the tendency... Uh, I think, is to withdraw. That's my tendency. Just, I'm, 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 I'm straight, like, it seems like this is the place that I'm going to withdraw. Well, I'm, I'll just step back from that, or I'm going to do that, or I'm going to, and, and, and like, like, get me, you need to understand, ministry doesn't just happen in a building. Ministry happens out in the, the world in relationships, okay? So I, I'm saying that to be ministers of the gospel, we've, we've got we've to go out and actually love people. Uh, and some of that happens here on a, on a campus, but much of that we don't see. What I'm telling you is, is, is when, when you're tired, you're going to have a tendency to turn inward. Yeah, you're going to notice more TV time, more alone time. You're going to start feeling, I just have to have some time to decompress. I just need some me time. Right? Me time. Just need some me time. Okay? Listen. I think you need some hymn time. Uh, I, uh, 
I, I, I say this lovingly, Galatians 6, 9. Don't grow weary of doing good. What good have you done for the kingdom? What good were you doing? What good did you stop doing? Just go back and do it again. Remember what you're doing and just go do it. Just, just go out and do good. So I want to I give you a challenge. It's, it's not part of the application. It's, it's just a challenge this week. Ready? Um, I think we need encouragement. <laughs> I, I want to be an encourager of people that are tired and weary and worn out. And so I want to I challenge you this week. I want you to just, just write this down. I want you to call two people this week, just two people in your life. I want you to call two people this week, and here's what you're going to tell them. I love you. I love you, I'm praying for you, and I just want to encourage you, don't stop doing good. Keep at it. Keep it up. Just know I've got your back. I've got you covered in prayer. I'm going to keep covering you in prayer, and I'll keep praying for you until you tell me to stop praying for you, but I just don't want you to give up. I don't want you to stop. Your ministry in this world, not just in our church, in this world is important. Okay, so I want you to find two people, and, and you and you can share Galatians six nine with them. Just say, listen, don't give up. Galatians six nine. Don't grow weary of doing good. Remember, remember, we are saving for something infinitely more important than what we can see right here and right now. Okay, don't grow weary of doing good. Would you guys pray with me, Lord? Thank you for loving us, and thank you for your word. Uh, God, I just pray by the Holy Spirit that you minister to our spirits this morning, and that you do what only you can. Um, we, we, many of us, uh, I think here today, we just, we just need that. We need, we need the ministry of the Spirit in our lives this morning. We just need you to speak to us in a very private, a very special, a very real way. And, um, and that's what we're going to ask for, uh, God. Would you just touch our hearts? Would you encourage our spirits? Would you remind us what's really going on, um, what's, what's really, really important? And, and so, Father, uh, I, I ask these things. I, I pray... Uh, for these things in your holy and your precious name.